0: Welcome to Friendship with God. Today, Tom Cantor will teach us about Eve's three failures in the garden. This message is available for free download at friendshipwithgod.org. Now, here's some highlights from this week's messages.
1: Why did Paul say that when he was weak, he was strong? He said it because of the last part. Of verse 9 in 2 Corinthians 12, 9, where he says, that the power of Christ may what? Dwell rest upon me. He wanted, you know what that word means, rest in the Greek? It means to tent upon. We think, I don't need any tent over me. I'm I'm really strong. Tents are for sissies. I'm not a sissy. You and I are no match for this one in Genesis 3. No match. We're no match for the devil. And it's only when we know we are weak that we'll turn to God and say, Lord, tent over me. Tent over me. I'm weak. I want the power of Christ to tent over me. Shafal is the word for depressed, depression. It means he dwells with the one who is depressed, who has a pulverized and a depressed spirit pulverized or crushed bruised and depressed spirit and the fourth important word is the word this word to revive to revive that's the word chaya chaya is chai you know life so he breathed into man the breath of life chayim chaya means to give life and he says he gives life to revive the heart of the crushed ones
0: Now here's Tom Cantor as he finishes his expository message series from Genesis this week.
1: Out with the idols. That's important. They turn to God from idols. It doesn't say they turn from idols to God. You know what it is to, if you're going to say turn from God to That's religion. That's dead, lifeless, sterile religion. Okay. That, now you come here, my son. I'm going to give you a long list of things you can't do don't do this and don't do that and don't do the other thing. And here's 613 don'ts. And they'll keep growing too. A few do's, but mainly don'ts. And that's religion. That's God's way. That's why people get so turned off at religion. It's just a series of what you can't do. The Bible's way, first, there's a love for the Lord Jesus Christ, as in the case of these Thessalonians. Then there's recognition of how sin destroys that friendship and that relationship with him. That's why when Potiphar's wife propositioned Joseph, after all, a young, unmarried man, hormones raging, lots of physical desires, lots of why not in his mind, after all, nobody loves God around here, you look at it, in Genesis 39, 9 later, he ran out of the house screaming, how then can I do this great wickedness and sin? Two words, against God. How can I do this against God? What was it that David, king of Israel, said when he needed to hide God's word in his heart? In Psalm 119, 11, you know the verse, thy word have I hid in mine heart, that I might not sin against thee. And when he did sin against God with Bathsheba and Uriah, what did he say in Psalm 51, verse 4? Against thee. The only have I sinned and done this great evil in thy sight. So when it comes to sin, the issue is what it does to our friendship with God. The issue is what it does with our relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. The issue is Isaiah 59, 2. Your iniquities have separated between you and your God. That's the issue. The issue is, as the hymn says, there should be nothing between. Like worldly pleasure, habits of life, though harmless they seem, must not my soul from him ere sever. He is my all. There's nothing between. So the issue is nothing, nothing should interfere with our friendship with God. But when Satan approached Eve, he didn't start with the person of God. You know, he didn't start off by, by saying, Isn't it wonderful to be here, Eve? Isn't it a beautiful garden that God made? Isn't it marvelous all that God has done here? He didn't start with anything. What does that say about how great God is? He didn't start with any of that. He got her thinking in the negative. And he said, yes, has God said, you shall not eat of every tree of the garden? Oh, has God given you this prohibition, Eve? Now, what should Eve have done right off the bat? Because we could counsel Eve now. It's easy for us, right? We could say, Eve, you should have said I don't like the angle that you're coming to me with. That's what she should have said. I don't like the tone of your voice, and I don't like the direction that you're going in, and I can't put my finger on exactly what you're saying, but Solomon, well, she didn't know Solomon, but anyway, Solomon said, king of Israel, in Proverbs 14, 7, he said, Go from the presence of a foolish man when thou perceivest not in him the lips of knowledge. She said, I don't know what it is, but I just don't perceive in you the lips of knowledge. She should have gone, put on her Nike shoes, and go. Because that conversation with the serpent, it seemed so reasonable. It seemed like he was asking a reasonable question, an honest question. We just didn't understand. What, and so why shouldn't Eve try to explain? No, no. Eve, those are not the lips of knowledge. Run, Eve, run. But the devil asks Eve to help him out. He says, well, did God say you cannot eat from every tree? Now, she, she you know, excuse me, I'm new to this garden. And I just wondered if God told you you cannot eat from every tree. You know, I mean, she should have said to him, what's that? That's, what business is it of yours? That's between me and God. You know, she said, she, but she didn't do that. And the devil appeals to pride and says, oh, will you teach? Will you instruct me? Will you help me here? And draws her by acting dumb and putting himself in this position where he has to get her to speak. You're so smart, Eve. Okay, run, Eve, run. None of his business. Just tell him, go ask God himself. Her first failure is found in the second verse in Genesis 2. You know what it is? And the woman said. That was her first problem. Her first failure was that she started talking to him. She should have never conversed with him. As soon as she started to speak with him, she was falling under the influence of his seductive power. And the contrast is so dramatic. When you have time, turn to Matthew chapter 4, verses 2 and 11, where you find the Lord Jesus Christ in the garden. And when the tempter is coming to him, he's like cutting it off right away. And he's saying, the tempter came to him and said, if thou be the son of God, command these stones to be made bread. He answered, said, it's written, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of the God, finished discussing with you. Then the devil takes him up into a holy place and says, if thou be the son of God, cast thyself down. He says, and, and he quotes scripture to him. And again, the Lord quotes back to him, thou shalt not tempt the Lord thy God. And it says the devil takes him into an exceeding high mountain, shows him all the kingdoms, says all these things. And you know what, what, finally he had enough. And you know what the Lord Jesus Christ said? He said three words from, get thee hence, leave. Get thee hence, he says. That's what Eve should have said. Get thee hence, Satan. That was her first failure. She started to talk. Second failure. As soon as Eve started to converse with the enemy, she fell under this seductive influence of negativity. Oh, yeah, everything is really negative around here. Well, we really do have a lot of laws here. And in fact, I'm a little confused about it myself. And, uh, you know, we're not only not allowed to eat this fruit, we can't even touch it. Where'd that come from? We can't touch the the fruit. We can't touch it. What did she do? She added to the Word of God. She added to it. What does it say in Mark 7? You'll look at it later. Mark 7, 7 7-13 it says that they, in vain the Jewish people are worshipping them, teaching for doctrines the commandments of men. And he goes on and he says, making void the word of God, making the word of God of none effect through your tradition. God never told Eve, you know, it's like, boy, that's pretty unreasonable, Eve. What if you happen to be walking, you stumbled and you accidentally touched the fruit? So you sinned against God? God never told Eve not to touch the fruit. But she let the devil confuse her on this, every tree is forbidden. so we got another law here that this is forbidden too. And you see what happened? It seems so unreasonable. God never said, don't mix dairy and meat foods together. God never had all those elaborate rabbinic dietary laws. God never had those 613 laws which kept growing as the Talmud kept being expanded more and more. on um, All of that to make the word of God of none effect. Of that effect, that was Eve's great second failure. She added to the word of God. Her third failure in Genesis three three. But of the fruit of the tree which is in the midst of the garden, God has said, "You shall not eat of it, neither shall you touch it, lest you die." Lest you die. Lest you die. Now you compare that with Genesis two seventeen, where God said, "For in the day that thou eatest thereof, thou shalt surely die." And literally in the Hebrew, it is to die. You shall die. It's like a really emphasized and it's actually a form of a verb called the peel form which is like for a strong emphasis of warning but what she did is she put it into another form called the cow form which is a less intense form so what did she do she took away the intensity of the warning that god had given she didn't say in the day that we eat this we in dying we shall die we shall die she didn't say that. She just says, well, you know, kind of watered it down. Unless we die, we might die. We should die. So she's already fallen under the seductive power. Third problem, she took away from the word of God. She's already fallen under the seductive influence of the one who's described in Revelation 12 as the old serpent, the devil, Satan, which deceiveth the whole world. And he deceived Eve. And this is the beginning of the downfall here, the tragedy of it all. Let's pray. Father, thank you so much for documenting all this for us so that we can put our finger on it, trace it, learn from it, and realize and do the opposite. And this morning, each one of us, Lord, affirm our love to you, Lord Jesus, for giving us much more than we deserved because you are good. And help us, Lord, to increase our desire to turn from sin so that it would not disturb our friendship with God. In Jesus' name,
0: amen. Those are wonderful thoughts and lessons today that we can take away. But what are the practical teachings and lessons that we can learn from what happened to Joseph?
1: Well, that's very, very important. And the first thing we can do is to never call the account that we have of Joseph a story. These are not stories as in once upon a time. These are real life accounts that God has laid out for us so that we can study them and take them with all seriousness. So in the account of what happened to Joseph, we can see for ourselves a man, Joseph, who was absolutely rock solid, resolute. He was resolute with the Position that in his life God's way was going to be the only way. It was just simply that way with Joseph. Joseph lived his life with the position of, for me, it's God's way and it's the only way. There was no option for Joseph to experiment with uh, with the forbidden. There was no option in Joseph's life to uh, uh, to look on the forbidden fruit and see that it could benefit him? There was, Joseph had taken the decision that all of these options were no options with him because he knew that one step in that direction and he could kiss goodbye his relationship with God. He could kiss sayonara to his friendship with God. And that was the most valuable treasure that he had in life, what his relationship with God, his his friendship with God. So therefore, Joseph had said, no way, and he stood firm. So when this this uh, terrible temptation came, when this wind blew against the bark of his his uh, boat, Joseph stood strong. Why did Joseph stand strong? Because long before he ever got into this position, Joseph had made his decision. God's way is the only way. Joseph was a man of devotion toward God. Joseph was a man who saw clearly that sin and temptation to sin was a threat to take away his greatest treasure. This was all settled in his quiet life before he ever got on to the scene of the real life or the the, the experience of being in Potiphar. For his house, so therefore that was the preparation. What's the lesson for us? We need to be resolute, also like Joseph was. That God's way is the only way for us in our life. We need to be to have made that decision that our life is going to be one of devotion to God. And any sin that comes, we see clearly as a as a terrible uh, temptation to destroy our
0: greatest treasure. That's the lesson we get from Joseph. And Tom, when you were just talking about Joseph, uh, who didn't fall into sexual sin, you know, what I was thinking about was David and how he did fall into sexual sin. Now, what did Joseph and David both realize about sin? Yeah, they both
1: realized clearly that this was a personal issue. You know what Joseph said when he was running out, screaming in Genesis 39 from the temptation, how then can I do this great wickedness? And then he said these words, and sin against God. That's very revealing. Joseph saw this was a personal issue. This wasn't just a isolated, separated sexual sin. Oh, no, 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 no. This was a personal affront against God. This was an invitation to personally offend God because God is holy in his nature and sin is a personal offense against the very nature of God. So therefore, he said, this great wickedness is a sin against God. And that's exactly what David said in Psalm 119.11. He said, thy word have I hid in my heart, that I might not sin against thee. He realized there, as he said, the word of God had to be hid in his heart to keep him to making a personal affront against the nature of God, that I might not sin against thee. It doesn't just stop with that I might not sin, but that I might not sin against thee. And when he did sin, as you mentioned, and he did fall with Bathsheba, and he did the terrible thing to her husband Uriah, and he saw the awfulness of what he said, of what he sinned, of what he did, then he said clearly, as he saw it so clearly in Psalm 51, uh, 4, he repeated it twice. He said, against thee, thee only, have I sinned and done this evil In thy sight, see Joseph and David both realized that sin is personal with God. That's why he said, Against thee, of course, he had sinned against Bathsheba, of course, he had sinned against Uriah. But in comparison, he said, No, 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 this is a this is so much an affront, an offense, uh, 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 against God. So that's why he said, Against thee, the only. Have I sinned and done this evil in thy sight? Both Joseph and David had this core of the matter inside of them. What was the core of the matter? They saw that sin at its very core was a personal affront against God. Color sin, that which destroys relationship with God. Color sin, that which says goodbye to friendship with God. And when they, and they both saw that clearly, both Joseph and David, and that means that they both had the understanding of what sin was in its core, a personal affront against
0: God. And speaking of sin, Tom, today you talked about what went wrong with Eve. And if you choose one word to describe what went wrong with Eve, what word would it be? Yeah, that word is very simply discernment.
1: Eve lacked discernment. The Bible says that she was deceived the man was not deceived it says but she says it says that eve was deceived she was deceived because she lacked discernment if there's one prayer that you and i and all believers should pray oh god give me discernment what is discernment discernment means to be able to separate discernment means to be able to cut right down the middle and to divide and so when we have here in this verse in Hebrews five fourteen it talks about discernment. It says, but strong meat belongeth to them that are of full age, even those who by reason of use have their senses exercised to discern both good and evil. Discernment is the ability to separate. On this side, that's good. On that side, that's evil. And the Bible says in Hebrews 5.14 that that comes about by taking the strong meat of the Word of God. Strong meat belongeth to them that are of full age, even those who by reason of use. In other words, the strong meat in the Word of God is to so understand the Bible, to so use the Bible, not just to know it in your head, because this verse says, even to those who by reason of use. In other words, to use the Bible, we see the picture of the Lord Jesus Christ. When he is in the, the, the wilderness being tempted, of the devil and we see him taking the Word of God and saying, it is written, it is written, is it is written. What is that? He's using the Word of God. And the more he used the Word of God, then he, 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 he learned obedience by the things that he suffered. In other words, he became stronger and stronger. Strong meat belongeth to them that are of full age, even those who by reason of use have used the Word of God, have their senses exercised. In other words, have the ability to be able to see. And to understand that's good. No, that's evil. And that is discernment. That's what Eve lacked when she was in the the garden there. She didn't discern that, oh, what the devil is really doing here is evil. And to put that over in the category of evil, she kept it in the category of neutral. Reality, very few things are neutral. That was evil that she had put into the category of neutral. And because she didn't put it into the category of evil,
0: she fell. She fell into sin because she did not have the discernment. In staying on the subject or topic of Eve, today you spoke about how Eve added to what God said. Now, that brings to mind the need to not take away from what God says. Now, some of our listeners have been concerned over the need to keep the Old Testament commandments, such as the keeping of the Sabbath and etc. Now, what direction does the Bible give us to not be overburdened or keep trying to keep all the commandments that are in the Old Testament. Yeah,
1: that's a good word, overburdened with trying to keep all the commandments of the Old Testament. You know, we do have some guidance, some very important guidance that has been given to us in the Word of God in the book of Acts. It's very interesting because As you know, the early church was made up of Jewish believers and the Jewish believers were used to the Old Testament commandments and used to keeping them. But then as the church of the Lord Jesus Christ, his body began to grow, then Gentiles, those who had no familiarity at all with the Old Testament or the commandments, began to come into the church. And then these people, for example, had not kept the commandment of circumcision and this was a huge issue and so it says in acts 15:4 and when they were come to jerusalem they were received of the church and of the apostles and elders and they declared all things that god had done with them so here we see a picture of these of these precious new believers gentiles who had come in they were received of the church and uh but then it says in verse 5 but there rose up certain of the sect of the pharisees which believed So they were also part of the church and they were saying it was needful to circumcise them And to command them to keep the law of Moses. So, what was happening? They were saying that, boy, we need to get them circumcised and we need them to keep the whole law of Moses. Now, this presented a real dilemma for the apostles and for the elders. And so, it says in verse 6 and the apostles and elders came together for to consider of this matter. That's very similar to what you've been saying here with those who are saying we need to keep the Sabbath, we need to keep all the commandments of the Old Testament. And so, the elders and the apostles in verse 6 of chapter 15 of Acts came together for it to consider. And they gave what they had come to the conclusion under the Holy Ghost. And here's what it says in, in the same chapter 15, verses 28 through 29. For it seemed good to the Holy Ghost. Can't get any higher authority than that. For it seemed good to the Holy Ghost and to us to lay upon you no greater burden than these necessary things that ye abstain from meats offered to idols, and from blood, and from things strangled, and from fornication, from which if ye keep yourselves, ye shall do well. That was God's word about this issue of being burdened. They said, no greater burden. Then that was the issue here of the the greater burden of the Old Testament commandments. And then they said there were necessary things. So this is the words from the Holy Spirit and from them. They said there were necessary things. And he delineated that those necessary things were abstain from uh, meats that were offered to idols and from drinking blood or eating blood and from the things strangled and from fornication. He said, if you do this, you're going to do well. Why are they going to do well? Because these are necessary things. What we have to do when we come to the Word of God and to the New Testament is to say, what are necessary things? Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and thou shalt be saved and not become overburdened with these other things.
0: Thank you for joining us today. We hope that you'll join us tomorrow on Thanksgiving Day. Now, are you thankful for the Jewish people? They've given us our Savior. They've given us the scriptures and they've given us a heritage of salvation through the Lord Jesus Christ. Romans chapter 11 says that these also now have not believed, but that through your mercy they may obtain mercy. And God has concluded them in unbelief, but he can have mercy on them all. So this Thanksgiving, be thankful for the Jewish people and reach them with a the gospel. Call us today at 1-800-247-3051. That's 1-800-247-3051 and we can get you a gospel gift of Tom Cantor's DVD or testimony booklet that you can give to a lost Jewish person. So let's be thankful for the Jewish people. Reach them with the gospel, and thanks for listening.